Good morning, everyone. My name is Jacob Bean Watson, and you are listening to Movie Soup, a podcast serving up some movie reviews and recommends to start your week off, but on a condensed timeline, because let's face it, we got places to be, and we got other podcasts to listen to, but hey, before you do that, just lend me your ears for about 15 minutes or so, and I will regale you with three recommends for this week. Um, title of today's episode is Fun-Filled Blockbusters, and we start things off fittingly with a film directed by the very guy who many claim was the renaissance man who ushered in the era of the blockbuster movie. I'm talking about Steven Spielberg, folks, and the movie is Jurassic Park. Okay, I know nowadays the movie industry is pretty much dwarfed and dominated by Disney Studios, but some of us might recall when there was another name just as synonymous with entertainment when it came to movies, and that name was Spielberg. Spielberg! The movie Jaws, a tale about a monstrous shark that terrorizes a beach community, was what catapulted Spielberg into the top pantheon of American filmmakers. But Jurassic Park, which came out almost 20 years after Jaws, would solidify Spielberg's position at the top and remains a highly regarded and revolutionary blockbuster. The movie follows a pair of paleontologists, which is a trade not widely heard of at the time, but hey, Spielberg had a knack for glamorizing and, you know, presenting these academic jobs in an adventurous and entertaining way. Hey, just look at Indiana Jones. A lot of us forget, but that dude is actually a college professor. I mean, look at him. He's running around, uh, swinging with monkeys. Oh, no, wait, that was Shia LaBeouf. Anyway, these two paleontologists, Dr. Grant, played by Sam Neill, and Dr. Sattler, played by Laura Dern, are brought to a exotic island where an eccentric billionaire is opening a is opening an amusement park to be inhabited by dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, those uh, giant romping, stomping reptilian creatures that you were fascinated by as a kid. Dinosaurs? Yeah, a whole theme park of those. Sounds safe, right? But Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler weren't the only ones invited to tour the park. They are joined by a lawyer, a mathematician played by Jeff Goldblum, and two little kids who are actually the billionaire's own grandchildren. The group piles into an automated vehicle and are baffled to find that the impossible has been done. Dinosaurs once again roam the earth. The movie goes on to wrangle with the consequences of such a nature-altering accomplishment, and audiences are treated to a spectacle of harrowing action sequences and groundbreaking special effects that manage to hold up to this day. What's remarkable about the effects in Jurassic Park is the uh, that they combine practical real-life animatronic dinosaurs and the relatively new computer-generated imagery or, you know, the 3D computer-generated stuff, to create the world of Jurassic Park. Also, the actors were not always reacting to those animatronics. You couldn't always be on set with a dinosaur, um, because they had to make it in post-production in the computer. Uh, but to provide the focal points during the sequences that needed them to react to dinosaurs, actors were instructed to act against tennis balls dangled by various crew members. Google some of the BTS photos uh, for a laugh. Uh, you see these kids like screaming bloody murder and they're in a shot with these poles with like radioactive yellow balls hanging on them. It's so surreal. Uh, but that's showbiz, baby. 
Jurassic Park became the biggest movie at the time of its release in 1993, until James Cameron's Titanic released four years later. I myself remember being transfixed by the movie, and terrified, but it just tapped into my imagination like only Spielberg knew how to do. You just don't get good quality adventures like this. Instead, movies have now begun to rely a bit too heavily on visuals to get them by. But if they really pay attention to what appeals to people about Jurassic Park to this day, they'd realize it was more than just the visuals, it was the adventure itself. Well, the next movie I'm remembering fondly with y'all today is actually connected to Spielberg. In 1997, Steven Spielberg produced a sci-fi action movie that would pair up the unflappable Tommy Lee Jones with the stylish Will Smith in Men in Black. This one holds a special place for me because I actually remember going to the movie theater to see it. My parents didn't, you know, have as much of a varied taste in movies like the ones I wanted to see growing up. Um, which was fine because uh, my friend and his dad would always invite me to go with them. And this was uh, one of the movies that we went to see. And uh, like plenty of other people, we thought Men in Black was just a great time at the movies. Men in Black tells the story of a streetwise, justice-seeking young cop who is recruited into a top-secret organization that monitors alien activity and protects the planet from intergalactic threats. One of these threats comes in the form of a human skin-wearing, bug-like creature played by Vincent D'Onfrio, who you may recognize from the Daredevil TV show or Law and Order. Actually, you might not, because D'Onfrio is gifted at changing up his performance for every single character, and he is firing on all cylinders in Men in Black. Tell me that that man is not an alien. Well, Will Smith was relatively new to movies, uh, mostly known for his Fresh Prince of Bel-Air persona, but MIB proved that he had the movie star quality. Even though MIB came out after Reservoir Dogs, this had always reminded me of the cool suit wearing in the that Tarantino bloodbath. Well, it turns out that Tarantino was actually offered the chance to write Men in Black. But he passed, citing that it just wasn't for him. Hey, he was more concerned with writing more personal, original material at the time, but isn't it crazy to think that Quentin Tarantino could have written this, maybe even directed it? Wow. I just always thought it was a cool connection that made total sense when you think about it. The blend of sci-fi, comedy, and big-budget action made Men in Black a sensational hit. The movie was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who would produce and direct two sequels to MIB, thus creating a franchise much like Jurassic had done uh, with its sequels. Sequels and franchises were great cash grabs for studios, but weren't quite the uh, expected mainstay that they are today. But one could say that the success of Men in Black, which had been the property of a little company called Marvel, was the access point that inspired Marvel to start optioning other properties such as Spider-Man and X-Men, which conveniently leads us to my third fun-filled blockbuster today. By now, we have become so inundated with Marvel's constant flooding of the market with superhero movies, we forget that what was started with The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man was a completely new approach to movie making and franchise building. Basically, Marvel took the tried-and-true comic book model of entertainment and the approach that would take multiple comic book titles 
and characters and cross them over into other titles and into other character storylines. So you have characters visiting characters in their various books, often culminating in one major shared event. They took this model and they made it work for movies. The superheroes Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, and Captain America, and many others would assemble in one big crossover movie, The Avengers, which came out in 2012 and would garner $1.5 billion in worldwide profits and would eventually culminate in what would be referred to when what could be referred to as the event movie to end all event movies, The Avengers Endgame, which to date is the highest grossing movie of all time. I would give you a breakdown, but to really understand the Avengers, you would have to be familiar with the plots and characters of several other movies. But basically, Earth's mightiest heroes unite to battle a threat to the entire planet. Easy, right? Sounds familiar. But again, it was the first of its kind and set a new standard for all filmmakers, mostly by shifting focus from actors and filmmakers uh, who were at the center of Hollywood at the time and putting the power back into the hands of producers and production studios. I mean, you know, Disney started uh, absorbing everything. Uh, the story of Marvel's rise to power is as fascinating as the stories it publishes and creates. The first outing for the Avengers was expertly directed by Joss Whedon, who was no stranger to Marvel. Uh, he had written issues for X-Men and I think the Avengers and uh, a few others. And if anybody knew how to handle an ensemble cast, it was Whedon, uh, who created the cult show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the cast really holds up what could have been an overly ambitious movie. The cast includes Chris Evans as Captain America, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, God of Thunder, um, Mark Ruffalo plays Dr. Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk, and you got Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Like our previous blockbusters, there were several sequels to the Avengers. There have been several sequels to the Avengers, and there looks to be no end in sight for the superheroes of Marvel, and the entertainment industry has been irrevocably changed by the movie's success. Studios nationwide have been hard at work trying to duplicate the Marvel model, including the once superior Disney Studios. And there have been some in the filmmaking community that lament the changes Marvel has brought about, including Mr. Steven Spielberg himself, who is more than ready for the Marvel superhero movies to go the way of the Western, as he says. And he also says, quote, that such movies have a finite time in our history. Hmm. End quote. And I agree, history has taught us that life proceeds in cycles. So while we are in the midst of the franchise era, who knows what the future will hold in entertainment and movies. Well, with that, we are all wrapped up for this week's episode of Movie Soup. I hope you learned a little, maybe uh, got inspired to check out one or all of these movies I mentioned today. Once again, those were Jurassic Park, Men in Black, and The Avengers. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Please feel free to send me an email with questions or comments to jbean.watson at gmail.com. Once again, that's jbean.watson at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at jacobbeanwatson, one word. And please give a like, a share, and a subscription to this. Uh, Movie Soup is a new podcast, so any share or recommendation is most appreciated. 
if any of y'all have any dollars to spare, go ahead and uh, look me up on Venmo. Um, uh, use my email address or other such stuff. Um, again, thank you so much. Uh, thanks again. This is uh, Jacobine Watson signing off. Please join us next week for three more recommendations that are good for the movie lover's soul. All right, catch you later, movie superstars. Stay safe.